0: Good morning, welcome to the show. It's Friday, October the 7th. I'm still in the States, but this time I've moved down to Lexington, Kentucky, where the weather is considerably better than it was in New York. It was about 80 degrees when I arrived here yesterday, which was a very pleasant change set for their big opening weekend. Full-star weekend and the last meaningful prep races for the Breeders' Cup in the US. There'll be plenty more Breeders' Cup chat, however, in Europe with Charlie Appleby for one giving notice of some very exciting additions to his squad, more of which in a few moments time, but looking even deeper um, into, into next year, into 2023 speculation was rife yesterday that the King's coronation would coincide with what is proposed as Derby day in the early part of June, the third of June next year, the independent ran with the story. Hello magazine ran with the story from their Royal correspondence. The racing post picked it up yesterday. Couldn't get any confirmation from Buckingham palace and, you won't be surprised to know that neither have I. Uh, Rishi Basad joins me this morning. He's at Newmarket for Future Champions Weekend. It'll be on site at, at Ascot next week for, for British Champions Day, which we'll be talking about later. Uh, Rishi, our friend and colleague Steve Mellish has suggested to the Racing Post today that maybe they could they could run Derby Day as a, a nine or ten race extravaganza on Friday evening, thereby moving the event closer to the centre of, uh, of the national psyche and not being so crowded on a on a Saturday afternoon what do you think of this and what do you think of that
1: um well firstly Nick obviously I am so far down the pecking order that I also have no information on it and um, I think it's a very good idea to have the derby run on that Friday uh, obviously we are taking the assumption that uh, the clash of the coronation and the derby on the Saturday would be an issue so in that case what are the options the idea of having the Derby run, as Steve suggested now, obviously we have to uh, to, to lay bare the fact that Steve is a colleague and a friend. Um, but he and I have chatted many a time about the Derby uh, and the fact that its popularity, its status as one of the great sporting occasions in the country has obviously suffered in the last 20 years or so, moving the Derby over from the Wednesday to the Saturday Uh, doesn't seem to have been a a hugely positive effect on restoring the Derby's reputation as one of the great sporting occasions in the country, perhaps this might actually be an opportunity for the race to gain a little bit more popularity in the nation's conscience. Um, The idea of the Derby being a standalone major sporting event on that Friday, especially given the timings that he suggested with running all the big races uh, later in the afternoon, You have that mile-and-a-half handicap that he suggested. Then, of course, the Coronation Cup, Oaks and Derby. It's quite an appealing suggestion. Uh, And the Derby being run late or late afternoon, early evening on a Friday night might just um, give it a little bit of impetus. I I like the idea and I think it's worth a try because I'm pretty certain that many people will accept the fact that the Derby doesn't quite have the same uh, thumping of the heartbeat that it once did in its heyday.
0: Yeah, exactly and i think with the fact that you've got um so many outlets available to the the terrestrial broadcaster itv there's a certain amount of agility that you know they could they could exert on that even if they said right well we can't clear the whole schedule for the whole card we could have you know races one through five on itv4 and races six through nine on, on itv the, the issue becomes if you've got a coronation weekend Mm. The issue becomes, well, how much how much terrestrial airtime can you open up even on a Friday night or even on a Monday if there's a big holiday and it's the coronation, even though the Palace are saying it's going to be a slimmed-down affair, yeah. you almost have to ensure with cooperation that you make the Derby kind of part of, of the celebrations.
1: Indeed. Um, the, just thinking off the top of my head while you were saying that, just thinking of, of maybe the Derby... All those three big races that we talked about the coronation cup the oaks and the derby being run in a sort of golden hour between 5 30 till seven o'clock uh or sorry maybe 4 30 till six and then obviously the evening schedule from the six o'clock news onwards would be if i were if i were suggesting to a terrestrial channel that would be how i would do it you say the last part of the afternoon would be on the main channel uh with four thirty till six would be the, the classic hour and a half And then obviously you go on with the news at six o'clock and then coronation chat from from there on in. Um, There are clearly options and there are clearly lots of discussion. I mean, if this is genuinely a prospect, I think racing ought to look at embracing the opportunity and doing something different to help the Derby uh, gain a bit more popularity, a bit more of its old prestige back.
0: And of course, I can. I can hear. I can hear the clerk of the course, the long-time clerk of the course at Epsom, Andrew Cooper, um, <laughs> gnashing his teeth, listening to this, thinking, "You want me to run the Derby after three races that have already been run over a mile and a half round the Derby course? And what if it rains and it's going to be all chewed up and people will be going mad? And I can't open up the fresh ground? There are considerations of of that nature, definitely, to take into account with something like this.
1: Usually, uh, yeah. We're, we're talking here all hypothetically and there's lots of to include, include. obviously if the if the coronation is taking place in London uh, you know what sort of facilities security uh, police force etc around Epsom on a, on a Friday when they've got lots of uh, logistics to consider on a Friday into Saturday so there's a lot to chat about but it does appear if this is the case to be an opportunity to give the derby a little bit more of a, of a helping hand.
0: Well, Rishi, you're at Newmarket today for Dubai Future Champions weekend. It's the Phillies mile today, the feature race, uh, as well as other a fantastic group racing, particularly looking forward to a good edition of the Oso oh Sharp. And then tomorrow, the uh, Dali Dewhurst Stakes, uh, in which we see, of course, your favourite horse, uh, Nostrum. But it, it'll be no cakewalk, even without the favourite, Sakia, out of the race with a dirty scope. What about today, then, commissioning? She was very impressive when winning the Rockfell Stakes. She's unbeaten. She might yet have the Breeders' Cup on her. Dance card, And she's right amongst the favourites for next season's 1,000 guineas as well. Does she just get the job done at short odds today, do you think?
1: I think, obviously, she's extremely talented. And she was very impressive when she won last time at Newmarket. And I thought she's valued for more than the winning margin. I think Rab Havlin mentioned that when she got to the front, she just wondered what she was supposed to do at that point coming out of the dip. And then when she was challenged, she went away again. So clearly, she's got a little bit more in hand than even the, the last winning margin suggests. Um, and I think she'll, she's obviously the, the, the one to be, yeah, the odds show, show that. But I personally quite like Bright Diamond in the race. Um, I liked her first win, which was really impressive, despite the fact that she seemed to be uh, a little bit outpaced early on. And I thought she ran a cracking race good with where she was a little bit slowly away, hung up on the outside, but motoring late on, no doubt will step up in triple suitor. A little bit worried about her going into the dip, but I don't think many horses will be finishing better than her coming out of the dip. Um But commissioning is extremely talented. There's no doubt about it. But as you say, she's only little. Um, So I just wonder how much racing she can take in such a short space of time. It's only been a couple of weeks since that last win at Newmarket. And just backing up that quickly for a small enough filly, bit of a question mark. They had mooted after she won last time at Newmarket Connections that she might be considered as a breeder's cup prospect and if that's the case well that's quite a lot of racing to take in uh for a philly that seems only slight in stature
0: what about a horse wheeling back quickly tomorrow in your favorite two-year-old nostrum mm. in the Dewhurst stakes now his task has been made easier because sakir who we featured on the podcast earlier in the week he as you heard yesterday has scoped dirty so he won't run Uh Juddmont have a very strong hand you heard from barry marne with tom yesterday about nostrum and chaldean i, I don't really need to ask mm. you who you fancy for the race do i you don't
1: need to ask me who I fancy. It's pretty obvious. Um, my anti-post voucher is burning a hole in my pocket and hopefully he'll win uh, tomorrow to, to shorten his price for the Guineas Nostrum. Um, I do think it's a good race, even though Sakir is out. I do. I am concerned about the challenge of Chaldean because he looks like a relentless galloper off the front. Frankie Dettori, who will be riding him, rode him last time. He'll, he'll know him pretty well. Um, and if he settles in front, I think he'll he'll be a tough opponent to peg back. Uh, Richard Kingscott rides Nostrum for the first time in a race. Um, so, of course, Ryan Moore's only has been the only one to ride him in a, in a race so far. So there are a couple of little variables in there. But I do think he possesses so much potential. I, I, obviously, I want him to think, Nick, but even I wouldn't be. Because I think even Sir Michael Stout said to you after he won last time out that while he's generally pretty straightforward, there's still an element, and I quote, of babyishness about him. Um, so, with that in mind, I wouldn't be absolutely devastated were he to get beaten by, say, Dean uh, tomorrow, because I still think he's a work in progress. Slightly surprised that he's coming back two weeks after his win, because it's not normally some Michael's MO. Um, but he is a, a big, strong individual. You'd have seen it in the, in the paddock. Uh, and I, I think that he could possibly take it just from a looking uh, from the outside in, Obviously, the likes of Sir Michael Stout and obviously John Gosden and Thaddee Gosden with the commission, they know more about their horses than I do. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I want him to win. I hope he wins. And even though Saki is not in in the race, I still think it's a pretty good Dewhurst. When is it ever not?
0: Well, a week from now, we will be building towards British Champions Day. Well, indeed, we have been all season, really. One of the feature races, the Queen Elizabeth II stakes. All eyes will be on Inspiral, the brilliant winner of the coronation stakes at Ascot and the very tough winner and and beating the Colts in the Prix Jacques Le Marois At Deauville. We've not seen her since. We're looking forward to she runs in the Chibli Park stud silks of Patricia Thompson and the Thompson family and their managing director Chris Richardson joins me on the line. Now, Chris, um, how is Inspiral doing? How's she training?
2: uh very very pleasingly um she did it just did a nice solo uh, this morning and um she's um she's a filly that we we know likes to have a good good spacing between her races um and um she's done very well physically since uh, her last run in france um and we're um you know obviously it's it's exciting to be taking on the boys um and uh uh, you know, John Gosden and said from the word go this is the race that uh, he recommended and um, and Pat Thompson was obviously keen to um, to have another crack at a race we, we've been fortunate to win in the past
0: Because she beat Males and a stronger field in the in the pre jacques Malwa, it's quite difficult to assess whether she was as good less good, better in that race than she had been when she looked brilliantly impressive to the eye in the coronation stakes What's your feeling?
2: I think the pace of the race early on was was huge i think that was a huge factor um the 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 the, the time of you know the pacings through the early stages of the race was was phenomenal really and i think that played to her strength uh she loves to sort of be covered up um and just travel and she finds that so easy uh and i think um although um uh, you know, a few of the, the horses in the front that were that were, were setting this ter- ter- tremendous pace all fell away, but fell away one by one. She she just picked up and, and did what she what she does best, and, and showed she has this wonderful turn of foot, and, which she showed pre- previously uh, at Royal Ascot in the Coronation Stakes.
0: Uh, will this be her last run?
2: Good question. I I don't, I I think my my sort of feeling is that um, she may well stay in training. I think if all is well and and, uh, uh, there's a a strong possibility she'll stay in in training next year. She's a a wonderful physical and I think it's a family that improves with age and um, uh, and why not I mean she's um, you know she's a champion and, and um, it would be, th- it'd be lovely and, and, and thrilling to, to keep her racing on another year
0: well that's the best bit of news we've had so far on uh, on today's show that's for sure it'd be lovely to see her next year it looks like a wonderful crop of horses staying in training next year as well potentially um, on that note because you are a racing and breeding operation we've heard so much about the sales this week there's the, the, there's positives and negatives for all sorts of people how, how did you get on you, you obviously had one very significant headline lot
2: Yes, um, we were very fortunate um, uh, Sheikh Mohammed, who we're very grateful to, um, took a shine to our Dubawi cult out of Persuasive, who was a magnificent specimen, uh, uh, um, and, and, and always was since the day he was born and he had a fantastic physical, he was great, um, had lovely movement, a lovely stride, um, and I think one of the nicest things of it was that he had a really bold head, and I know that may sound strange, but I think a lot of good horses have a real broad broadness between the eyes and a, and a great sort of width between in the jaw and he he certainly um ha, f- you know fulfilled all those and uh, um you know she's the dam herself uh, uh, was one the when the queen elizabeth ii stakes um in 2017 um beating the likes of ribchester and the irish 1000 guineas churchill so you know she was hugely talented and and um you know very exciting to take a really nice horse to the sales uh you know part of the policy is to offer the colts and um you know he was snapped up and uh, extremely well received uh, but
0: you you took home your your half brother to Inspiral. You didn't. You couldn't quite get what you wanted for him.
2: Yes, I mean it was. Uh, I mean, in fairness, you know, he's a, he's a he was a big boy. He was uh, he's a, he's quite a mature horse for for an April uh, foal. But um, and I think he probably has you know a, a little bit of an influence from uh, his dam, Starscope, who's by Selkirk. So he's a rich chestnut in colour. Um, had. A, Three free white socks, and, and I think a lot of people just sort of maybe linked that with Selkirk, and, and um, uh, felt that he was, uh, uh, you know, that was something that um, you know maybe didn't catch the imagination. But he has—he's he, very light on his feet, um, and um, we just felt that uh, being by Seuny, we, we thought we thought that he would catch the imagination. But you know, he's got that wonderful, rich, uh, pivotal color, um, and. Uh, um, you know, we, we just felt that at uh, 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 the value that we we put on him, which we felt was reasonable, um, th- there wasn't the uh, the interest. So uh, delighted, um, Pat Thompson was so excited. She was skipping around um, after we after he didn't sell, <laughs> saying, "I'm so pleased. He's uh, one we can race." And, Um,
0: it was a great she was concerned it was a great result this is great for you isn't it this is like a no no, no lose situation but I guess we're, we're, we're lucky to have someone like Mrs Thompson who's such a good sport
2: Indeed. I mean, um, she loved it. She came to the sales. We bought two lovely fillies. Um, we bought a very nice Knight of Thunder filly um, from the Logician family and, 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 a, and a, actually a senior filly once a girl at Chestnut with a, a significant influence of pivotal in, in her looks and appearance and colour. Um, so uh, we've done some shopping. We've done some, um, some uh, selling and uh, we move on to sort of some, a selection of cults will be op- offered in book two.
0: You're not going to have any problems getting anyone to train this horse. I can tell you that, Chris. When you when you say whoever whoever you choose, they're not going to turn around and say, Do "You know what? I don't really want him. He's he's a chestnut with three white socks."
2: <laughs> you know, I'm quite pleased. I don't have to make that decision. Um, I think um, Patricia Thompson's going to be the one that has that hard decision to make. But it'll be um, I can see I can still see there'll be several of the um, of the major Chiefly Park Stud trainers will be um, wanting to put their hat in the ring.
0: Chris, we've both been advocates of the uh, Invest in the Best campaign, really trying to promote the, the best of British bloodstock to a, a, a domestic and international audience. It, it's not been a hard sell over the last few days, broadly speaking, has it?
2: Oh, very much so. I mean, it, it's extraordinary um, anyone when one considers you know where we are in the world and and and, and, the, and the domestic problems. But uh, I think it is uh, you know hugely rewarding for for the industry to to have had such a, uh, a fantastic uh, week. Um, you know the um, um, you know English English horses um, extremely well received. Obviously, a huge patronage from Ireland um but um, it's giving uh, you know giving our, our sort of premier sale and, and I, I feel one of the best sales in the world at tassels um, just a, a wonderful opportunity to to gather horses together from all sorts of places and then bring international uh, purchasers from from Australia from America from France from all around the world um, and, and still be able to bid online if they wish um, to try and buy and, and success and hopefully successfully succeed in, 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 in acquiring exciting horses for the future
0: Now we're, we're seven minutes in and I haven't even mentioned the jumpers, so you're going to have to give me a, a very, very quick update on the the, the Chivley Park champions, Aplu and and Aloha uh, et al
2: yeah, no, I, I, was, I was in uh, at, uh, in Ireland last a couple of weeks ago, and and uh, went over and saw Alaho uh, with Willie, and uh, he looked magnificent. He's really done well for his holiday. Um, and um, <clears throat> as as you know, Willie always plays his cards close to his chest, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of action around Christmas. Uh, Fernie Hollow, who we were, mm. um, so excited about for next year. Um, you know, after he won the Racing Post Novice Chase at Leopardstown, um, you know, really looked like he was going to be full of potential which i think he is he's sound he's looking magnificent and um, you know the little setback that he has he appears touchwood to be over um, and aputar um, who i'm um, is being aimed um, once again at the, at the betfair chase at haydock on the 19th of november so uh, hopefully that's where he will reappear all being well
0: very much looking forward to seeing him and i guess we'll see aloha out sometime over over christmas uh, on Alain, is he still is he is he back in training
2: yes um yep yeah, no uh he's um he's in great form um, um and um i'm looking forward to seeing him again at the end of the month to see the horses with henry um and he's being aimed at the um the chase down royal on the on the 5th of november um but so uh all being well that's the plan
0: and chris obviously sacred today she looked very good in the listed race at, at newbury last time uh can we trust her to back it up in the challenge do you think
2: Uh, Well, good question. All I say is that William has changed things around um, and um, it seemed to uh, work his magic. I think he's sort of had a little bit of a switch around of riders, a little bit of a different type of training um, sort of regime and uh, just sort of freshened her up and it was wonderful to see her her win so impressively at at Newbury and I very much hope that if uh, she returns to that form she will put her best foot forward and we're delighted that the ground is as it is.
0: Chiefly Park starts Chris Richardson. Thoughts on the sales in Spiral next week and, of course, the great squad of jumpers that Cheeley Park have to look forward to. More jumping in a minute with Harry Skelton. Let's talk about next weekend, first of all, though, Rishi, in Spiral in the QE2. Surely her chance is dependent to a greater or lesser extent on whether the ground stays dry and Charlie Appleby throws the marbles across the dance floor in the shape of modern games, who would be formidable.
1: Yes, modern games. I think... Uh, the idea of modern games turning up in the QE2 was not something that is part of the original plan uh, for Charlie Appleby and the Godolphin team. Obviously, he'd, he'd raced in America last time on North America, and then he's heading to the Breeders' Cup in Keeneland at the end of the at the beginning of November. The the light in Spiral he will only run if the ground is is decent enough and there's no soft or it's not it's not soft ground. Uh, so if he turns up and the ground is is good enough for both he and Inspiral to line up. That's a pretty good race in itself. Uh, you may well have, you know, obviously some pretty good uh, horses travelling over. There's a likelihood that the Revenant might be back again. Um, but I do like modern games where he did turn up. I feel that the run behind Baye was, was pretty good, obviously, in the Sussex Stakes, although at the time a few people probably degraded uh, or downgraded the, the Sussex Stakes run because he finished so close up. But then he went to, to Canada and did what he did last time out. And that was mightily impressive. Um, and it's possible that he just might be improving at this time of the year as he was last season. His his uh, The way he improved through the back end of his two-year-old season was was tremendous. You know, his wins at Newmarket and then obviously at the Breeders' Cup uh, showed a horse that, that thrived at the end of last season. It's possible he might be doing it again this year and I wouldn't want to be uh, against him, certainly at the, at the Breeders' Cup, but if he turns up at, at, uh, at Ascot for Champions Day, I'd rather be on his side.
0: Yeah, just on a point of Charlie Appleby and his Champions Day challenge, we heard yesterday comments from the Baid camp, William Haggis and representatives of Sheikah Hissa, all together at, at Tattersall, Sheikah Hissa there herself, buying some really exciting fillies, which we talked about earlier in the week, and saying, well, then they're, they're not sorry they didn't run in the arc. Well, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and indeed the ground wouldn't have been particularly suitable. Anyway, here we are, they go to Champions Day. Yeah. What sort of a challenge do you think A R poses to Baid, if any?
1: I personally believe this might be Baid's biggest challenge. Um, I think Adeyar, uh, the adAR that won the Derby and the King George would be a massive challenge for, for any rival, obviously. And I, I, I get the feeling, judged by the fact that he was given all that time to come back uh, and he, he he lobbed around Doncaster, no doubt about it. A little bit of cut in the ground, 10 furlongs, and, and I know this might sound ridiculous to people who say, well, he, was just, he won the King George and the Derby over a mile and a half, but I have the suspicion that he might be better at 10 furlongs. You know, um, you watched the way he raced in the arc last year, and he probably did a bit too much in front, but he had them in a bit of trouble turning in, and then he ran out of puff late on. Um, and I wonder whether it asked it uh, over a mile and a, mile and a quarter, in a pretty well you know we're assuming there's going to be some cut in the ground or some juice some give in the ground i think he 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 will provide a, a, a probably adair sorry by biggest test of this season in my own opinion and that's given what we we, we talked mm. about at the judgment stage i, I think at, this is by to finish unbeaten i think he'll have to produce a career best
0: it very interesting i, I... I wonder whether... I mean, I'm not suggesting they should adopt any dirty tricks or anything like that, but if AR was mine, I would run at least one pacemaker for him mm-hmm. a- a- and make sure that I didn't sit too far off my pacemaker and that I made this as exacting and as a searching a test as possible because that's the only possible way yeah. I think that you're going to get by beaten. I mean, I think it's almost impossible, but the only uh, way I- you I- might, might find out is if you... You've got to make this as 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 lung-bursting a test as possible, haven't you?
1: I would agree 100% with that um, because you imagine that a, a stiff mile-and-a-quarter, a strongly run mile-and-a-quarter at Ascot would be right up at AR Street. So you know that that won't be a problem for him and you can imagine him running through the line hard. It'll be a different test for for Baid with a little bit of juice to the ground, obviously a stiffer mile-and-a-quarter mm. at Ascot than at York. Uh, yeah, and you want to be in a in a forward enough position. Correct. In. You don't want to have it's too much ground. E- exactly.
0: Short stretch. Yeah. You can't be sitting. In, e- however good you are, you can't be sitting ten lengths back as you turn in. So
1: yeah, I could just hear Charlie Appleby ringing connections, ringing everybody around the Godolphin teams. So I was listening to Nick Luck and Rishi Basab. They've they've mapped out how we beat Bayed.
0: Well, we're just starting to gear up for the the jump season in in Ireland and and in Britain. And this Chepstow meeting that takes place the next couple of days for so many of us for so long really has marked the the meaningful beginning of it. And, And certainly many of the big stables start to get there better horses out Dan Skelton's yard is certainly one of those Dan's brother and stable jockey Harry former champion jockey joins me on the on the line now Harry I'm guessing even though it's still pretty warm in the UK and you could all do with some rain the excitement going into this weekend is, is probably p- pretty palpable isn't it
3: of course Nick um, you know this is sort of like the start of Winter jump season, if you like, Um, albeit not on really winter ground. So a little bit tricky. Um, We've got a few runners there at Chepstow, and all of them hopefully will appreciate that nice ground. You know, so um, it's decent ground, and um, hopefully the horses will enjoy that.
0: Uh, you, we'll talk about the runners today and tomorrow in a moment but I, I just wanted to ask you But we, we saw a fixture abandoned at Huntingdon earlier in the week with some with sort of slippery surface and Clark of the Course was a bit worried for, for other tracks you were riding at Warwick yesterday was it okay there are you, are you confident that the, the tracks are coping alright
3: yeah I am um, you know it's certainly um, a very challenging job being a Clark of the Course you know um, you're really against it one time, one thing you can't fight against is the weather Um uh, but Roderick Duncan was just a bit unlucky with what happened really He's sort of got plenty of water on it it was, it was just on the quick side of good I felt but just that real drying wind on the day just left just left it very greasy on top and the, the track was in fantastic condition with a lovely covering of grass but almost too good if that, if that makes sense um you know, it's like it was like a lawn, um, and then just got a bit slippy on the top. So um, it was his decision to you know to stop, um, which is you know a very brave decision from a clerk of the course, but it was the right one.
0: Uh, was it one that you, you would you have happy to uh, happily gone on?
3: Um, I I rode in the first race, and my feeling did just slip a little bit on the bend, uh, but I I was comfortable to go on. Um, you know, I think you know. We're all professionals out there, and we ride accordingly. Um, but it was a, a decision that was made by the clerk of course. You know, he, he, you know, as everyone, safety is paramount, and the horses and the jockeys are out there. You know, riding. So um, he felt that um, the decision was that you know he didn't want to carry on with the racing. <laughs> so,
0: so, so, so That's a very brave decision of him. Yeah. The right one. Well, sometimes you need somebody else to look after you. You can't be trusted to look after yourself.
3: Of course, you know as <laughs> jockeys. To be honest, we're all a bit, we're all a bit stupid, I suppose, aren't we? So, um,
0: nah, you, now you now you said that it's early in the season for that kind of chat. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. We're, we'd always carry on, <laughs> so you know, Roderick called it, and that
0: was that. Right, okay. Let's talk about these horses. Quid pro quo runs in the J P McManus Silks for you in the Persian War Hurdle at Chepstow. He's quite a short-priced favourite. Does he deserve to be?
3: Um, I think he's going on. That sort of price from just basically what everyone's seen because uh, the form in the book you wouldn't have said so. No, um, that saying we've always quite liked the horse. He's always gone quite well, um, and you know, this is going to tell us a lot more um, whether he deserves to be that price.
0: Probably not, does he? Probably the McCain horse has you know has achieved a lot more. Presently, County, um,
3: but we're suppose a little bit. They're thinking that we're a bit more unexposed and we've got more untapped potential you know, hopefully coming through. So, look, we expect him to run very well. This will tell us a lot more of where we sort of stand.
0: Um, but just looking at one or two of the other runners, Prashima is carrying a big weight in the in the silver trophy. But he's a good horse. Uh, is he good enough to, to give the weight away?
3: He is a good horse. I think he'd go very, very well. Uh, look, it's never easy, you know, carrying that weight against maybe some potentially well-handicapped ones.
0: But I think off his mark, he, he will run very well. And two too friendly uh, is a is in that sort of in-betweeny season um how hopeful are you that that it can be a productive one
3: yeah i i think he's real good running uh, fred winter um he's in good form at home It can be a difficult year for them four-year-olds they get sort of two chances now to take on their own age group before um yeah before they have to go against the older horses with no allowance so uh, that's here in here in Cheltenham, so, too friendly, we've always had a mind that we will take him here, uh, he's in good form at home, been going well, respectively. He can run well.
0: Uh, which horse gets your blood pumping? It's October, which horse has got you most excited for the season?
3: Ooh, it's really hard to pick out one, um, obviously we did a lot of schooling, um, you know, it, it's hard to just go and put your finger on one, but one thing I will say, I think we've got a very good bunch of fillies, um, Coming through, um, you know, with the GVB and um, bonuses and the, the, the program for them, Phillies now, um, I, I do think we've got a very good, strong team of Phillies.
0: Uh, of all ages? Of all-
3: yeah, of all ages, novices and um, older, older mayors, yeah. Um, look what Molly Ollie's done. She just keeps on progressing. She's gone right to the top, really, nearly in, in those mare's races. So, like, Get a Tonic wouldn't be far behind her now. It was a very good run at Warwick um, behind Nikki's horse. As a novice, um, you'd like to hope she's just improving a bit more and she'd be right at the top table. Uh, West Balbo is going nicely. Um, Katira, uh, um, Miss T, her mare that's unraced, um, won a point-a-point. A point. Um, i'm lucky nick i'm lucky boy i'm excited
0: (laughs) harry skelton there and harry this season signed a new commercial partnership this time with bet budget which is a tool that lets punters collate financial details across accounts and privately share affordability information with bookies and you will be able to read uh, harry's bet budget column during all the major festivals this season now we come to the end of the book one sale at Tassels, which has been spoken about so much this week. The bar was set pretty high as we came into this week. Expectations were significant given the strength of the market across the globe and the sales we'd already had. I think marketing director from Tassels, Jimmy George, it's fair to say that those expectations have been exceeded.
4: Yes, morning Nick. I think um, very much so, very much so. I mean, we... We felt that it was an extremely good catalogue, even even by the <coughs> the heady standards of book one of the October yearling sale. Um, and, uh, you know, not just pedigrees, but individuals to match their fantastic pedigrees. You know, the feedback from the guys out on the road when we were inspecting the yearlings in the spring and early part of the summer was unbelievably positive. And, uh, yeah, the, the vendors supported book one, um, with some unbelievably, unbelievably high quality stock. But even having said that, yeah, what what we've experienced over the last three days was pretty extraordinary um, by by any standards. And uh, I, I guess the the first two lots through the ring on Tuesday morning kind of set the tone. Uh, the first lot in was a was a lovely, very well bred Galileo filly. who made five hundred thousand guineas, and uh, she was followed immediately by a beautifully bred Dubarwi filly of Meon Valley Studs who made 1.3 million guineas. And uh, as I say, that that set the tone. That set the tone, set the pace. Um, and uh, it, it, it continued unrelenting from, from start to finish. So, uh, yeah, it's been a fantastic, fantastic few days for, for so many people. Mm. And, uh, and, yeah, truly extraordinary, to be honest.
0: Everybody can read the results. Everybody can read the data. Everyone can read how many seven-figure lots they were and who bought them and who sold them. What I want to know is when you have your private conversations at the end of the day, when you wrap up with your colleagues and say, my God, did you see this? Did you see that? What about, uh, what, what's what been uppermost in your mind? What's What's really caught your imagination this week that maybe you weren't expecting?
4: Well, I think it's the sheer number of, of the world's leading racehorse owners um, that have been here at tallisalls at Park Paddocks, in Newmarket, from start to finish, uh, to have so many of the principals, you know, the guys that, uh, whose colours these horses race in, uh, the guys that pay the training bills, the guys and the girls and, and, you know, they've been here all week, Um, they've been enjoying it and to see so many of them here with smiles on their faces, um, eager to to find the, the, the next champion to run in their colours um, whether it be here uh, in in England or in Ireland or in France or in Germany or in America, Japan, whatever you know, it's, uh, yeah, they've all been here and um, they haven't just dipped in and out, they've been here for the duration and I think that's such a huge endorsement of book one of the October yearling sale here at Tattersall's, these people they recognise that this is arguably the, the finest collection of turf bred yearlings to be found anywhere in the world they're all here over a three-day period and uh, you know you just every every year you reflect on on the, the sort of yet a, yet another year of champions from book one of the of the tattersall's october yearling sale uh, and 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 that's that's why these people come to the sale they know that the breeders and the consigners have committed their very very best yearlings to Tannisol and to book one and uh, yeah so it's, it's it's hugely rewarding to see all of these people here for, for for the sale year after year it's driven by their success and by the success of the people who are consigning these yearlings
0: uh, we talked about st- uh, stallion power as well and the collection of size available to people in in europe at the very elite end at, at the moment and the availability of the yearlings by those stallions at at public auction we saw Frankel. Latterly, and and earlier in the week, Dubar, we completely dominate, really, uh, the lists. Is there depth further down? Do you think?
4: Yes, absolutely. I mean, we're we're so lucky with uh, the depth of the of the quality of the stallion standing in in Europe at the moment. Uh, you know, I mean, we were all terribly concerned that you know one day, <coughs> dear old Galileo would would. Would, would leave the stage, and, and obviously he did last year. But we've moved on almost seamlessly, you know. He, he, the, the, the king is is gone, but uh, but long live the other kings, you know. Frankel there, his son to replace him, Dubawi Lope de Vega, See the Stars, See Uni, Kingman. Yeah, you know, the, these these uh, stallions that would be. Top dogs in, in any normal era themselves, but they're all there out there together. And the you know, the buying public recognise the quality of the stallions standing in Europe at the moment and they know that, you know, you buy the you buy the best stock by these sort of stallions you know you have a chance of, of finding yourself a champion no i think we're unbelievably lucky at the moment and uh, you know there are there are more to come i mean the, the frankel legacy the dubawi legacy the see the stars legacy you know obviously well you know Baid will retire to start at the end of this year you know there's so much to look forward to there really is and uh yeah long long may it last long may it last
0: to, to what extent do you believe that this will have a knock-on effect not just on book two but also further and deeper down into the into the books that that you're offering in the next few weeks.
4: Yeah, you very much hope that, don't you? That uh, book one of of the October yearling sales sets the the tone for... For the week two of, of yearling sales at Tallisalls we've got a we've got a lot of a lot of very smart yearlings to come in book two, book three, book four of of um, of the October yearling sale. Let's not forget that Desert Crown, unbeaten, outstanding Derby winner, was was purchased by Richard Brown for Said Sahel at book two of uh, the October yearling sale a couple of years ago, and that's just a. a, a very graphic illustration of the quality to be found running through the deep into deep into the october yearling sale and uh, book three book three's had a hell of a trot in recent weeks as well um you know it's it's not all about book one and uh, you know that's where book book one is proven to be the sale that produces the highest percentage of, of superior performers year after year. But uh, Lezou, who won the Chieverly Park Stakes the other day, uh, it was another Group Group 1 performer to come from Book 3. Um, she cost 77,000 guineas at Book 3 last year. And, uh, you know, so so buyers can take confidence from that. The, there is quality. Quality and value to be found in all sectors of the October yearling market.
0: All right. Thanks to, to Jimmy George. Very happy with the week's work. No doubt about that. Did you buy anything at book one, Rish?
1: Uh, uh, underbid Bidder so many times, Nick. It, uh, it was close.
0: Right. I need some tips.
1: Okay. Um, I alluded to one earlier on, and I'm going to stick with her. I think Bright Diamond, I've got a feeling she might be commissioning in the Phillies mile today
0: okay rishi thanks so much thank you very much for listening if you do enjoy this podcast please do tell your friends and if you are kind enough to leave us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast that would be very very good of you as well we will see you again after the weekend don't forget charlotte will be back here for the saturday edition that'll be uploaded from nine o'clock tonight friday night and i'll be back with you from the us on monday i promise you i am coming home at some point (laughs) bye-bye